Taste of Dragons Gaming Podcast. We eat sandwiches and play games. Taste of Dragons Gaming Podcast. A podcast for everyone's day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Taste of Dragons, the Toddcast, the video game podcast that all you rappers listen to. Rappers? Yeah, you know, like like gift rappers. Oh. Yeah. You know, holidays coming up, whatever. All right, well, this week, <laughs> in Hades, there's a creed. Cyberpunk cosplayer nothing. The news is coming together. Our topic is overrated. And our dragon this week is a soldier for good. Content creator, Rachel Valkyrie Hofstetter. And as always, my name is Brian. And I'm just a boy trying to get out of his dad's house because he's an authoritarian. Also, my dad is the Lord of the Underworld. My name is Troy. My name is Manda, and I put bows on all my presents. My name is Joe, and I definitely don't like rapping anything because I'm a Grinch. Ooh, a Grinch, you say? Yeah. <laughs> I take all the presents from the kids in Whoville. I'll wrap your presents. I believe it, that. I, I, I really enjoy it, actually. It's kind of cathartic. I put what we call ninja bows on them, which is like you get the gift, and you're like, oh, that's really pretty. And then you're like, what? Just what? No. And then five minutes later, you're like, I'm just going to get a knife. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Mandy's bows <laughs> are the equivalent of like a Rubik's Cube. <laughs> You gotta want that gift. <laughs> or you just get scissors. <laughs> well, but, but Which is they, how I solve Rubik's Cubes. <laughs> just destroy them. Damn it. You just peel the stickers off <laughs> and then stick them onto the correct size. <laughs> you, you can't fail a Rubik's correct cube. in my book. <laughs> uh, Brian, you actually know how to do that, don't you? The Rubik's Cube? Uh, I, I did a very long time ago. I do not remember the algorithms or anything like that. I am terrible at it now. <laughs> I still do. Oh, yeah, wow. it's not like juggling for me. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> it, do, it does not come back. <laughs> no, it does not. <laughs> it's muscle memory. I think as soon as you get like the first level, you'll be like, oh, it's this. And then it's just muscle memory from there. Probably. But I don't feel like getting into that. The hardest part for me with the Rubik's Cube is looking up how to solve the Rubik's Cube. I just, I can't be bothered. I just, I know the answer's right there and it'll tell you, but come on, I got a, I got video games to play. I got podcasts to listen to. And you already know how to juggle. I mean, you already, yeah. got, you already got a quirky skill. Exactly. I'm good. Don't need I don't to. need this. Yeah, I, th- I think, uh, I think I remember I looked up a statistic or I heard a statistic, not looked up. I think a Rubik's Cube is no more than I think like 32 or 36 moves away from being solved. Like that's the furthest you can get away from it actually being solved. Which was I thought was pretty interesting. I was like, "That's a surprisingly not a lot of moves." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but you know, what? let's get into the games this week. Do, 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 do. What are you playing? And uh, this week, Meta, would you like to start with a game that we talked about quite in detail these last week or two, which is Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven? I do think we're the only two people in the country still playing this game. I think so. But I'm I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> I mean, it, uh, it, it's broken. Yeah, I, I think we're the only two that haven't gotten a refund at this point <laughs> for the game. Mandy, you're the cyber. Brian's the punk. What? <laughs> In like a cool way, Brian. A cool punk. But, like punk but, rock. But Brian's the robot. He should be the cyber. <laughs> okay, Brian, you're the cyber. Uh, Mandy, you're... I can't call you a punk. I don't know why. <laughs> I can't. It's that seems any. real sexist, Troy. Oh, damn it, you're right. Crap. <laughs> I know, man. What's going on here, I can here, be a sir? punk if I want to. <laughs> you're such a... Punk, Mandy. Did, did I say it? Did you, did, you believe you it? I did. I did. You're such a good actor. You got it. You got it. <laughs> but the game's really good. Yeah. The story's so good. It is. I'm so sad it's broken. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah it, very much so, especially if you're, you know, Xbox or PS4, as we've discussed be- uh, previously. Whereas uh, I think uh, Cyberpunk or CD Projekt Red actually released a letter apologizing for all of the stuff going wrong with it. Yes. And promising to do better. And I think they're also issuing refunds for Xbox and PS4 players, if I remember correctly. Yeah, they, they pretty much, they, they kind of owned it to a certain degree of like, hey, sorry we didn't show anybody what this looked like on a PS4 or 360. If you want a refund, go check out PlayStation or Xbox. And if not, you can contact us directly and we'll work something out. And then PlayStation was like, no, <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Apparently they hadn't even mentioned this to Sony or Xbox. So as soon as they released this letter, PlayStation and Xbox were like, wait, wait no, what? You can't just, you can't just say that. You can't just what? give our money and to then, people. <laughs> I just imagine like Sony or, or like Xbox at like a castle. And then all of a sudden this mob starts coming towards them and they're like, 
wait, wait what's going on? Who what? cleared this? What? And they're like, oh, the the, 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 the king of CD Projekt Red said, you owe us our, our coin. <laughs> and they're just like, those mother effers. We are, oh. <laughs> no more trades with them. But for Amanda and I, we're playing on the PS5, and it's not bad. I mean, you know, all the problems that the Xbox One and the PS4 are having graphically is not really affecting us, but we are definitely getting our share of bugs. It's actually really sad that people are having such a difficult time. It's it's not that impactful for me because it takes the same amount of time for the game to fail and restart as it does when I when I you know get into a mission and I die. So it mm-hmm. it has absolutely no effect on the gameplay and the characters and the story are so good so i just feel really bad when someone's like yeah i'm not playing it i, I couldn't get past it it was like oh but the experience you're not getting is like oh man the characters is is it the characters and the experience that that is the driving force or what is the draw for you in cyberpunk uh second week on it's definitely the stories and the characters um okay. they, they did a, a really good job of fleshing out especially like your main i wouldn't say team but like the main folks that you gravitate around everyone's very unique they have like their own like specific personality no one feels like a like a generic archetype um and i really enjoyed the the keanu reeves ca- cameo it's my favorite thing so far is it is it a mystery noir or how would you kind of describe what kind of genre this story is, I guess? Just sci-fi? I don't want to spoil anything. But yeah, it's definitely sci-fi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yes. Uh, all, all right. It's too soon for spoiler for talking about the story. Give it another week or two. I think you guys can talk about the story. Okay. Yeah. Yes. The tone of the story, I do think, even just saying the tone of the story is one of those like, oh, this could be, you know, this could be one way or the other spoilery. Don't you take uh, that but tone I, with I, me. <laughs> spoilery tone Uh, but for me it's actually also the same with Amanda Uh, it's very the characters that you do interact with and meet are the driving force uh, for myself to continue on and seeing where the story is going to go especially with specific side characters that I've been really enjoying their company their their attitude uh, the way that they the the voice acting all of it's just completely and utter top-notch um, I'm doing a lot of side stuff right now just because I wanted to do a little bit more combat heavy for a couple of days there. I was like, you know, I, I just want to shoot people. And I was doing a whole <laughs> bunch of just stopping crimes. Tell me how the gameplay is working out for you all. Oh, it's working out fine. Um, the driving is very, you know, it's not the best, but the shooting's good enough. You know, the, the mechanics that are there are good enough for me to keep playing. Uh, this extremely well story driven game yeah the shooting i'm good at i can do headshots i can sneaky sneak nice but the car i hit every stoplight <laughs> every street sign i run over pedestrians <laughs> when i don't mean to like i have no none of that is good for me none of it i had to, although i can say that the motorcycles are a little better i i, I do manage so, to get where i'm going on a motorcycle so mandy mandy told me about the motorcycle that sounds like a great addition because uh, obviously we talked about this a little bit last week of how we love to try to see our character a little bit in third person like i'm fine with it being in first person but it would be nice to see our character some if you're on a motorcycle you have your third person character mode right there you can see your jacket yes. and your pants but you see all of you oh you yeah. can see it all you can I, see it all i do say if you haven't played cyber uh, punk 27 and you are creating your character definitely do nail polish because your hands are the only thing you see <laughs> right yes i did uh, i did metallic red yes and they pop yes. <laughs> they pop <laughs> i i did delete cyberpunk from my ps5 because wow well just because i'm waiting like uh, the bugs don't bother me mm-hmm. the hard resets don't bother me it's just narrative stuff it seems like from what i read in their apology letter of them wanting to add more features in in uh, January and in February. I'm actually really excited for what they'll do now that they don't have the time crunch of having to get it out on a deadline, even though they gave ourselves another deadline. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I, I, yeah, I feel like there is more to the game, and I want to play the game that the developers feel really proud of. Not that, right. not that they're not proud of this, but I know that they wish that it didn't launch in the way that it did. It, it definitely feels like... The game they wanted to release is going to be done in February. Right. Yeah. And that, that seems reasonable. Yeah. So and it's a, it's a, it takes up a lot of gigs. <laughs> it's a big game. It does. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm just going <laughs> to retire it for a little bit. I I am very jealous when I look over and I see Mandy, Mandy playing it. And I'm like, that looks really cool. Don't that look looks at my really screen. Cool. Don't look at my screen. <laughs> Don't ruin anything. It's all so cool. It looks cool. And I look forward to starting over, recreating a new character, a lady this time. Yeah. And then and then hopping back into the world. But that'll happen for me probably in January, February. Nice. Nice. The lady voice is the best. And then one of us needs to report on the changes, yeah. right? That's, a, see? That's, That's true. true. I'm, I'm just being very prudent. 
with my uh, my journalistic tendencies. <laughs> you're, you're you're looking out for the podcast, and we appreciate Hell that, Troy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that was Manda and Mind's game, uh, Cyberpunk 2077. And uh, how about you, Joe? What did you play this week? I dived back into the world of Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Ooh. And I got lucky, actually, because just today they dropped the Valhalla la 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 day. <gasps> we got the Yuletide, uh, you know, fun happening in the in the game now. There's some snow in Ravensthorpe. I haven't played that yet. Oh, my goodness. What is it like? It's so cute. So, you know how, like, we were all waiting for snow in Animal Crossing, and it was, like, it was never there, and it was, and then we were waiting for fall, and it was just like, come on, man. Well, this game just gives it to you. Yeah. <laughs> you fall right away, and it gave you snow, and it's so cute because snow is flowing. And there's a couple different areas that give you a bunch of different quests to do. <gasps> I, I, I literally just got them maybe like an hour before we started recording. So I've only got to do three of the things. One is the drinking game. Yes. Very fun still. The second one is a brawling game that I did eight rounds of. And then I was like, okay, well, I, I'll come back because there's I think you're supposed to have more brawlers or something after a while. So I was like, all right, I'll stop. I'll come back. And you get tokens for everything to do. And the third thing is something that I want to curse about. <laughs> and I'm not going to. I'm just going to say the phrase bad words. Lots and lots of bad words. <laughs> okay. So like, there's this lady and she's like, hey, you want to shoot these things? It's dope. And we give you these Yule co- tokens. And I'm like, hell yeah, I want to shoot the things. I'm really good at shooting the things. Headshots are my jam. Okay. I got like 920 something points the first time and she was like, not bad, but I mean, I'm really sure you could do better. And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> I shot like all but three of these. Okay, you know what? Fine, fine. Maybe there's like, maybe I didn't do this fast enough. Okay, whatever. She sets the game up again. I go again. And the next time I do it, I got a uh, thousand, I think like a thousand ninety points or something. And I was like, okay. All right, and she's like, yeah, that was much better, but I mean, you could probably do better. That was like, I am going to, I'm like cursing up a storm. I'm like, how could you tell me that was, oh, ooh, girl. Ooh, it was very much so making me angry and curse bad words all over the place. So then I did it a third time and I got 1195 and I was like, okay, okay, girl, this is like a hundred more than my other one. Surely, surely this will be it. She goes, that was pretty good. You might want to work on it, though. And I was like, oh, my God. I'm going to throw a controller. I need to get, I need to get out of here. I need to stop talking to this lady. It's, it sounds It sounds like this lady is like in Ivy League school, and your shooting is your SAT scores. And she's like, oh, 1195. That's pretty good. But, I mean, we only accept 1400s here, you know? <laughs> Joe's like, I'm about oh. to show this lady the meaning of Ragnarok. If she <laughs> snidely tells me one more time. Ooh. Luckily, a uh, friend of the podcast, Putting Bat, she uh, started a group chat, and I jumped in, and I was like, hey, have you tried this uh, arrow thing yet? And she was like, no. And I'm like, here's some tips. <laughs> I also learned something interesting today. I did not know that if you were trying to, uh, when you pull the bow back and you press the R2 button or whatever it is, the R1 button to pull the string for the arrow, I didn't know you had you didn't have to wait to like until it pulled itself back oh. like there's a little animation that's happening mm-hmm. i would wait until it was done and then i would shoot the cause arrow because it would shoot it would shoot as strong yeah right in the game the strength doesn't matter not even a little bit because it's so close to you so i was oh. like well you probably, i bet you anything she's probably right you probably, probably could have done bow. that a lot better use the light bow gun right yeah. or the light bow the bow gun <laughs> right. there's no guns it's a gun that's fine it's yeah but uh, all in all, really fun. I'm enjoying the snow. It's very it's very festive and fun. And I, I kind of really love when games do like a little, like here's a couple weeks of just if there's a holiday going on, we're going to have fun with you. Um, I'm told there are there are some sort of new decorative items for your your town <gasps> yep. as well. Ooh. So I I don't I don't know for sure. I haven't got a chance to do any of it yet, but I'll, I'll be probably playing that over the weekend. So, I'm, I'm kind of excited uh, about it. Ubisoft made a shift with Assassin's Creed Odyssey, where once the game came out, like a like a month or two later, they released like this this plan for the next like six months. They did a little bit of this with um, Origins as well. And pretty much it's a single player game, but they're supporting it like a like an MMO with like special events like this, uh, free DLC, new customizable options, missions. And they if you look on, on their uh, website, they actually have a schedule as to how this game is going to be fully supported, like it's a multiplayer game for the rest of the year, guys, including guys, DLC. Guys, what if there's a Christmas doggo? What if your doggo gets upgraded for Christmas? It's a reindeer. Petting the dog in the snow is amazing. There are reindeer. What if they make reindeer available in your place? This just makes oh, me man. sad Ooh. that this isn't multiplayer because I would Aww. love to hang out with you all as Vikings and then go and have a big feast yeah. and have mead. Like monster Drink out of our style. horns. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Race horses and sled dogs. <laughs> but thanks, Joe. I'm going to check that out immediately. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a lot of fun. Uh 
there are quests that actually uh, fence you way more yield tokens much faster. Mm -hmm. So if anybody's looking to get, I don't know what you spend them on yet, mm -hmm. but whenever you have the ability to, you get way more oh. from the quests than you do from the brawling, the drinking, and the arrow lady who is a Brad word. <laughs> and, and, and it looks like this new patch also Fair solved enough. a lot of glitches and stuff. Legendary heads that weren't appearing on walls, things like that. Just general fixes to make the game a little smoother, hopefully. No one complained about Assassin's Creed. Everyone's like, Cyberpunk is all broken. Assassin's Creed keeps failing. Assassin's Creed keeps failing. We have a pretty good track record here of keeping, of holding Assassin's Creed, you know, honest. <laughs> Great. So that was Assassin's Creed Valhalla. And then what about you, Troy? What did you play this week? I have been playing a game called Hades, a game made by Super Giant Game Company which is a roguelite, meaning that it's a procedurally generated action fighting combo game. <laughs> but just like with all super giant games, uh, they tend to take a genre and then put a really original twist on it. With this game, usually the draw for a game like this, if you've heard of Spelunky or um, The Binding of Isaac, you kind of go and descend through level by level, and it's different every time, and you, you just figure out how to play the game in your own unique way. And when you die, you go back to the beginning, you do it again, but maybe you get a, a little special power-up that'll make this next playthrough a little, a little easier that you didn't have before. So it's a very tried-and-true formula, but Supergiant, being the master storytellers that they are, decided to set this gameplay style into the mythical world of Greek mythology and to write a really fun, original story to kind of wrap up this gameplay. And I got to oh, tell you, cool. that story is the main reason I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so how do you get the story? Do you get the story as, the, uh, as you play the game or, or how, do you, how, how does the story unfold in this game? So this is what makes it so kind of genius is in, in roguelites, when you die, you just go back to the beginning and try again. And it's kind of like a defeatist attitude where it's like, oh, crap, I have to go back to the beginning and go through all these levels. So a main chunk of the story is given to you when you die. Oh, When you die, you go back. The whole premise is you are Hades' son and you're trying to break out of the underworld. That's the premise. And you tell your dad, you're like, dad, I'm out of here. You can't tell me what to do. You're not my real dad. Oh, wait, you are. You are my real dad, but I'm going to treat you like you're not. I'm out of here. And then you try to get out of hell or uh, the underworld. When you die, you come right back home. And your dad's like, ha ha. <laughs> your dad just laughs at your face. <laughs> like, I'm a god. What do you think you're doing? Yeah, good luck, son. By the way, the dishes need to be done. You are also about, if you're two inches high, your dad is at least six inches high. Like, he is not, like, proportional to you at all. So when yeah. you die and come back, it's like you're the size of his foot, and yeah. he's laughing at you. It's great. <laughs> and, and there's a lot of people in Hades' palace. You have Achilles, the war hero. You have uh, a Hypnos, the god of sleep. Nyx, the goddess of night. So when you come back, you get to talk to them all, and that's where your story gets delivered. A lot of the main points of your story, it, that's where it all comes out. So it makes it interesting. When I die, I'm not sad because the story is so good. I know I'm going to get a nice good chunk of, of, of story again. And that's such a, a smart way to deal with that problem where normally I would feel like, oh, mm -hmm. crap. <laughs> yeah. I, I've seen actually... Um streamers play this game mm -hmm. especially when it was like officially released or whatever you know 1.0 was out and um they did everything you know that they thought they could and then there's still more story yes and then they did a lot more and then there's still more story yes. you know it's just like wow there is so much dialogue which is great you know it's a lot of flavor text and everything that goes along with it and it just looks great the idea that this is a trope where you where the point of the game is for you to continue dying over and over and over and over and over again and every time that i've died i have yet to come across a repeated line from any of the characters. There's a guy that after you die, his only job is for you to talk to him and for him to comment on what killed you. Yeah. Like, oh, you got to watch oh, out yeah. for those shield guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're real tough. Or, or if you die again, it's like, oh, the shield guy got you again, huh? <laughs> it's like, oh, come on, man. I don't need this commentary. <laughs> Didn't learn from last time. <laughs> or if it's like Theseus, you know, the king, uh, uh, the old king. And he's like, yeah, Theseus, like, ugh. 
you know what? Not your fault, man. Listen, he's really powerful. I'm like, thanks. I know, right? Don't Thank worry. You. No one likes that guy. <laughs> um, the <laughs> other way you get story, which I think is also amazing, is through your power-ups. When you're actually going through the levels and you're trying to break out of hell, uh, you get power-ups from the Olympian gods. Zeus, Dionysus, uh, Aphrodite, Ares. And every time you touch one of their boons, or the first time you touch their boons, they have a, di- a little bit of dialogue with you. And that... The idea that the Olympian gods are just your regular run-of-the-mill dysfunctional family is so great. Poseidon Poseidon shows up, and he's just like your lame uncle. It's like, ha-hi, nephew. Uh, hey, why don't, what do you call seagulls by the bay? Bagels. <laughs> now here's some tidal waves to go kill all your foes. It's like, oh, thanks for, thanks for the murder, uncle, I guess. Thank you. <laughs> the entire lexicon of, of gods are just so fun to see how they interact with each other and how it just feels like you're at a dinner table and they're all bickering with each other. It's it's a lot of fun. So Poseidon's like your uncle where he's just like, hey, you want to set up some fireworks? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, okay. all, all of the gods have a little of that in them. They're just like, let's mess with Hades. Oh, yeah. <laughs> let's all mess with Hades. None of us like Hades. Let's just mess with our brother uncle. Let's do it. He's the only one who's doing his job. I know. Like he's the only and, one and that's, that's what's keeping fasc- his head down. Yeah, that's the fascinating part about the story is he's probably the best at his job. It's great. Yeah. The more you play, the more nice. you unravel the mysteries, the more you want to play. I'm like 40 hours in. I've technically busted out of Hades, but there's more to the game, like you said, than you would think. So I'm currently oh, yeah. still in it and I'm loving it. I hope I can nice. beat it before the end of the year. Uh-huh. <laughs> awesome. So that was Hades. Yes. A gift from my wife from last Christmas in early access. Thank oh, you, Mandy. Nice. You're welcome, babe. <laughs> Only took you a year to play it. Well, I wanted to play it when it officially came out, and I did. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> well, what are you playing it on, by the way? I am playing it on Steam on, on the PC, but I, uh, oh, I okay, hook cool. up a PS4 controller to it because it just feels so good. It just feels right. Yeah, to play it on the controller. Yeah, I've heard it. Uh, it feels pretty darn good uh, controller wise. So that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I also did forget to mention earlier. Uh, you did not hear Lewis on this week's podcast. He is uh, out of town, but he should be back for I think for next week's podcast. So, so stay tuned for the him. Those darn holidays. I know, right? It's crazy. Uh, but that'll do it for our games. That brings us to our news segment. News, 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 news. Yeah. Uh, this week, huge news uh, with EA acquiring Codemasters, who are the makers of the beloved Dirt, Grid, and Project Cars franchises, among many others. And uh, they just acquired them for a cool $1.2 billion, with a B, dollars. <laughs> it's a whole lot of money. That's a lot of money. Yes. They anticipate this acquisition should be complete by the end of the first quarter of 2021. So good luck with that. Uh, that means that for EA, they're going to now own all three of those franchises uh, along with Need for Speed. So it's that's a lot of car racing franchises. They have, I think, everything now except for like Forza and Gran Turismo. I can't even remember what was the last racing game I played. What? I can't even remember what a car is. Uh, Mario Kart. That's what it was. <laughs> it was Mario Kart. Yes. Another racing game go. they don't own. Not uh-huh. a monopoly yet. Not yet. Right, there you go. But they will. <laughs> Can you imagine Mario Kart yeah, with like with like um, Forza graphics? Oh my gosh! <laughs> Just Mario with Forza well, graphics. Ugh. Could you imagine if Mario Kart did what uh, like Smash Brothers does, and they just start putting Cloud in there? They start putting like Crash Bandicoot. I mean, <laughs> that'd be great. I, I'm okay with this. They're not. That's not far off. Sephiroth put, shows up. They put Lincoln. They already do that with the race courses. Oh, yeah, that's right. It wouldn't be that hard to do with the characters either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, So, you know, we'll see how that goes. And then uh, speaking of companies coming together, Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft all have come together to help make the world a less toxic hellscape. Uh, The article that they put out, titled Our Shared Commitment to Safer Gaming, outlines their approach to making online games a better place for people of all ages, Uh, which... I mean, if you look at it, it really is like three bullet points that should be anybody's, you know, way to go. But uh, it's nice to see that, you know, the three major console creators uh, have come together to actually, you know, try to make that possible. Yeah. So this was just a statement or, or, or is it is there action being done? What's the deal? They did, they did not outline any actions. They just said, basically, we're going to no. come together, the three of our companies, and we're going to drive positive change. 
which right. made me equal parts happy and annoyed because on Why one annoyed? side it was like you know <laughs> it's really great that they're doing this but they should have done this such a long time ago it shouldn't have gotten this bad before they stepped in but right. it is nice that they are making changes now yeah and it feels like that's happening across the board we just talked about twitch having uh way more restrictions onto uh trying to stop harassment whether it's sexual harassment or or uh, uh information abuse things like that mm-hmm. so it's good to see that hey all the big names are at least making an effort to come forward I hope it does amount to action, though. I think people are asking for it more, and it's also affecting their bottom line, meaning they're going to make more money if people feel more included. And also the people that Mm -hmm. spend money already don't want to be in that atmosphere anymore. I think we're all just growing up as a community. Yeah, I think it's a good way to put it. Yes, I like that a lot. And then also speaking of Nintendo, they did a indie showcase, and the biggest announcements out of it, at least for me, uh, were that Among Us is out today on the Switch, oh. um, and that Super Meat Boy Forever will be a Switch console timed exclusive Ooh. when it releases on December twenty third. Right so, on! All right, it's, it's pretty cool that that they you know, Super yeah. Meat Boy is a big get. That's like. One of yeah. the first breakout indie games for consoles. Yeah, but they also had Calico, which oh, yeah. is a game where you ride giant cats and then you work in a cat cafe and you wear like a little pink dress and then you run around with your cat friends. All right, forget about Super yeah. Meat Boy. That's that's <laughs> the real news. And they also had Fisty Fluffs, which is a cat fighting on cat cute game as Wait, well. Yeah. It was, a, it was a haymaker melee cat game. It was great. Is there something about cats that I should know? Is, is something happening? Is there a... a- uh, people people like them. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but people like cats. <laughs> Everything but the movie, apparently. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yes. <laughs> That's universally. Uh, and then also my favorite ar- uh, Apple Arcade game, Grindstone, is also out on the Switch That was right very now. exciting. Good. That game's great. I yeah. have been wanting to play that, but not wanting to get an Apple Arcade yeah. account. Understandable, understandable. And then Twitch held a two-hour-long town hall this week, and they tried to address many things plaguing the community, including DMCAs, ads, uh, and then many other things. But what really had people talking was that Twitch decided to globally ban the words simp, incel, and virgin if used in a derogatory way. Uh, This had people wondering why. As there really wasn't, uh, there really hasn't been an outcry to do anything about this, and the fact that these words are usually directed at males, but female creators have been asking for help for years about the slurs that they've been called, and nothing has been done about that. Oh, oh, so it didn't include words for females that just those three. Oh, weird. Just those oh, three. I figured it was going to be everything. Like, no, I'm sure like, you know, there's a lot of other things, but this is something that's just like, why would you go out of your way in order to say these three, you know, these three words that are pretty much primarily directed at males and then nothing happens for those other ones. This might be the exact same thing that they already do about a lot of the words that are used as slurs at females. Yeah. This, this might be the exact same. We're saying it's not OK, but until someone actually raises their hand and shows a red flag for it being said in a derogatory manner. They may not even do anything about it. You might be able to get away with saying that word a million times at somebody and nothing will happen until someone goes, hey, I've had enough. I really I don't want this racist, homophobic, sexist talk. You know, like it's it still seems like it might be self-policing as opposed to, you know, hey, don't be jerks. It's a lot of content. It's a lot of audio and um, text based content. It's hard to go through. But it's nice to know. Again, it's nice to know they're making an effort. Yes, it is. It definitely is. It's just I do find it strange, you know, that that these words were done that way. Uh, and then moving on, though, but also both the Ubisoft and Epic Game Store are giving away things every day this next week or two. Um, so so go back to them uh, every single day. They're going to have something new for you. Uh, Epic Game Store is giving away a different game every single day this week. Or I'm sorry, these next two weeks. And it seems like Ubisoft is giving away a game one day, followed by some in-game items for their games the next. Wow. And then they start that pattern over again. So... Uh, and it's completely free. All you have to do is just go to their stores once a day, check in, and they'll be like, hey, here's your free stuff. So get those games, guys. Yeah, happy Nothing holidays. better than free. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, Sephiroth got an early release this week, if you've already purchased him for, uh, for Smash Brothers. All you have to do is the Sephiroth challenge on the main menu and beat the Final Fantasy VII villain in a match. Oh, that's fun. So Seriously? That's all you got to do. That could happen right now? Yeah. <gasps> That can happen I right now. I want to do that. Guys, Troy just got up. Uh, no, Bye. Troy, come back. Troy, Troy we still have to podcast. No! Sephiroth. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sakurai said they originally were going to have it so that you have to beat him on very hard in order to unlock Aww. him. Uh, but then they scratched that because, you know, probably some people would be upset yeah. if they couldn't. <laughs> Especially if you paid for a character and then you can't beat them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually think it would have been great had the, the week. I, I don't mean when he's actually released, but since yeah. it's early released, I think it would have been so much funnier. You had to beat him on very hard to get him early. Oh. I think that would have been oh, great. Oh, that would have been cute. I, yes. I agree. If it's early, then totally, totally. I think that's totally yes. fine. That's what it was going to be, but right. I think they were just like, we want to be inclusive, you know, we don't want people who are just not great at this game to not be able to play a character right. that, you know, everybody else around them is. Wow. Uh, so I do get I'm it. I'm doing that as soon as we get off this podcast, y'all. Yeah. It's, it's pretty dope. And then also, uh, new Meek fighter characters are coming out that depict Aerith, Barrett, and Tifa, as well as a Chocobo from Final Fantasy, uh, as, as costumes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> They're just setting up like the worst death scenes for Aerith now that oh, they've no. unlocked <laughs> her costume. Oh, yeah. oh no. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Brian. Yes. Have you been able to, did, were you able to play and get Sephiroth? Uh, no, I haven't uh, been able to do that yet because I also just found out right before we recorded this podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we'll be doing that also as soon as we get off this. Yeah. <laughs> Let's uh, race. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, so I'll do it for the news. However, we still have our adventures in Twitch. And this week is going to be with Troy. The Taste of Dragons is now on Twitch. Join us every day of the week, except for Tuesdays, for new and unique gaming content. From Fall Guys to Overcooked, join our dragons as they battle endless foes and face unfathomable dangers for your amusement. From confusing spy sagas to adorable indies, we play the games that you love. Join in the fun, drop a follow, click a subscribe, donate a bit, watch a clip, drop a DM, whatever suits your fancy. We will be here waiting on Twitch. All right. And that has been Adventures, Adventures in Twitch. Twitch. Did I mess anything up, Mandy? Did I mess anything up? Was no, it fine? it was fine. It was good? Okay. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> Well, fine enough job there, Troy. <laughs> I'm subbing in for Mandy. Sorry, it's it's going to be subpar, but I'll uh, do good. the best I can. Oh, subpar. Nicely done, sir. I appreciate that. <laughs> what are you, an arrow lady in Assassin's Creed? <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Like, 900 is an okay score, but like, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm sure you could do better. I'm just saying. Manda would have gotten a perfect 1600. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I don't doubt it. No, I, I definitely wouldn't it. have. Troy's recording it because of a cough, so it would have uh, taken me a lot more takes. <laughs> well, that has been our news segment this week, and now that brings us to our Mighty Morsel Tasty Topic. Mighty Morsel Tasty Topic. Ba-cha. And this week, Troy's going to bring it to us. So... We love video games, and we love to get hyped about video games. Sometimes, games can be presented to us as overrated or underrated. But then once we get our hands on it, we can decipher whether they are or aren't. So I wanted to know from you all, what are some games that maybe you got that were overrated once you got to play it, or perhaps underrated once you got to play it? Can I start? Of course. Uh, I would be remiss if I didn't immediately mention Lord of the Rings War in the North. Uh, is Hell I yeah. like to play the, the companion Lord of the Rings games. I know with the release of Shadow of Mordor uh, that uh, Lord of the Rings games became very cool. But before that, they were just kind of like game, money-grabbing games that went along with the movies. And I really enjoyed that. Um, but there was a little <laughs> gem that came out called uh, Lord of the Rings War in the North. And it is still one of my favorite games. Because I bought it expecting it to be like that B knockoff of the film movie that follows the events that in a super silly way. But oh, yeah. it was actually the first video game that was a combination of both um, Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings right. and J.R.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings because the, both franchises were owned by different companies so you weren't allowed to combine them. So this is the first game they did that. Uh, and it was multiplayer. It was couch co-op multiplayer and we played with the it, apartment and it was... We still mention it. We still talk about it all the time because yeah. it was so much fun. Is You weren't in the story. 
you were following the events of Lord of the Rings and you were either right before they got to where they were or right afterwards. Yeah, you and were they like, only succeeded because of things you were doing in the background. So whenever they did something impossible, it was always because like, oh no, you cleared that area out first. Like that's why there were no orcs there when they got there because you had already killed them all. Yeah, you're pretty much like the Forrest Gump of the Lord of the Ring universe. But really cool. Well, hey, Forrest Gump is cool. <laughs> But really cool. <laughs> you can play as an elf like or a dwarf Aragorn or cool. a strider. Yeah, and that game was totally <laughs> overlooked. I don't even know how we found it. It might have been a PlayStation Plus title or something. Because I always play the bad Lord of the Rings games. And then I bought this one thinking it was going to be bad. And then it oh, wasn't. Okay. It was amazing. Yeah, and, and no one else really heard of it. It didn't really get that great of ratings. It just kind of is a sleeper hit, I think. It was. Even to this day. It is. Nice. I'm glad we started with an underrated title. That That's awesome. Um, for me, it's a a personal overrated title, uh, which was Final Fantasy XII. Uh, I know this is a beloved title for many people. I'm sure many of you are uh, listening to this. <laughs> but before uh, you but continue, for me, it was not. Before you continue, I, I have to ask, can you give me like a, a one word sentence for 12? Anything after 11 and it gets blurry. Um, uh, bunny uh, lady. The- okay, thank you. I get it now. Uh, one okay, one word like man to ask Troy would be gambit. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> My word had a hyphen in it. Oh, is that what it was? <laughs> we'll go with that. I'm gonna give you both. Bunny lady gambit is pretty great. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, but yeah, Final Fantasy twelve. Uh, its battle system was you got to like, in in retrospect, it is actually something that they would tr- that they're trying out it's kind of like programming your characters so that way they fight on their own so you don't have to you know you don't have to you, you know you know you're always going to cast this spell when you know when this thing happens and you don't have to individually do it every single time but part of the fun of playing final fantasy is you know playing final fantasy <laughs> um and so the combat system did not draw me in the story was lackluster at best uh, especially a, for the age that I was at the time the just the besides like like two of the characters, the rest of them were just not great, and I think it was the only Final Fantasy I didn't finish when I first picked it up. And the hype for that game was intense. I yeah. remember it came out with like a, a solid metal case, like it was just everything. Oh, yeah. The whole world stopped for the the release of that game, and then it was kind of like, okay, is I, yeah. And so that was just it was just the game that was not for me. I did go back and I played it last year. Um, and I did receive it much better, Mm -hmm. but that was only because at this point in my life, time is valuable. And so I was just like, all right, cool. I can just skip through this entire battle. I don't, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. You can make everything like what times 10 speed or something. (laughs) Yeah. You could do all that stuff. And I was just like, oh, this is great. But for the time that it came out, eh. I remember playing Final Fantasy 12 when it came out just because that's what I did. I don't, I don't like there wasn't uh-huh. a, a, a real feeling for me to be like, oh, I can't wait to dig into the story. I was just in my life where I'm like, if a new Final Fantasy game comes out, you play it, you beat it, you move on. I didn't really think too much of mm-hmm. it. I, in the moment, I didn't really care if I liked it or not. I just had to play it. I mean, I, I know I generally liked the, like, the Star Wars S story. I think that it's kind of close to. Um, but like, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, other than that, I just kind of did it because that's what you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't even beat the game at the time. I just didn't care to. It just didn't draw me in. So the, it had a weak main character, Vaughn. Vaughn was not a very strong. Yeah, Vaughn. Yeah. I can't even. No, remember Balthier what he was looks much like. better because Balthier, their their like sidekick, the one that was like Han Solo, seemed very much to be like the main character they were going to use, but then didn't because he wasn't generic enough or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's not a bad uh, way to put that at all. Uh, but yeah, that was me. Uh, what about you, Joe? I I have a, a honorable mention for one of the most underwhelming games I ever played ever was Jump Force. I was super hyped about the game. I was very excited to play with my One Piece, right. my Naruto, and my my Dragon Ball Z characters. And I think I played that game for about two hours. I was so underwhelmed by it. I've never Aww. went back. So that's my honorable mention for underwhelmed. But I actually want to talk about. The game that I think probably of my entire life that I was overwhelmed with joy while playing, Mm -hmm. I had no idea that I would fall in love with Super Smash Brothers the way I did. The commercials for that game were phenomenal. They were really cute. And I saw 
The original, right, for the N64. And I, I literally had no idea how that would start a love affair with Smash Brothers for my whole life. Like, I didn't think that getting that game from the look of it in the trailer, like the commercial for it, I was like, oh, it's cute. I could play as Pikachu. I could play as, oh, Kirby's in it. I want to play because it's got Kirby in it. I really liked Kirby. I had no clue that it was a legitimate, phenomenal fighting game. And the idea of it was so brilliant. And it was just fun. And it was like no, never-ending fun. So I, I was completely overwhelmed with how good Super Smash Brothers was. I did not expect it to be what it is now. And every, you know what, I, I'm not a hater. Every single one of them I've loved the same mm-hmm. way. It comes out. I can't wait to see the new characters. I can't wait to see the new trophies. I want to play the stupid little end game shooting thing. <laughs> I just love it. Collect it's, all it's the a music. Phenomenal game set. Put the music on while you're falling asleep. Right. <laughs> yeah. Make a little playlist. <laughs> oh, definitely. All right. Well, I like. That. I uh, so a game that is very much overrated for me. Like personally, I I thought it was going to be way better than it was. Is a is a game that I grew up thinking was like the bar for how video games should be. And that's Star Fox 64. Ah. <laughs> um, I remember, so I didn't have an N64. I went from Super Nintendo and I just kind of skipped 64. I went to PlayStation, but I also didn't get a PlayStation until like it was a couple years in. I just, I just didn't have a new console for mm. a while. That's not where my family was at. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I would remember going to the mall and then seeing an N64. And the main game I saw the most of was Star Fox 64 on it. And I would play the demo and I was blown away. The graphics were top notch. It was all 3D or your barrel rolling. And I was like, this is amazing. This is amazing. This is amazing. But I would only play the demo. Years later, I get the Wii and they have the virtual console. And on, and then in the virtual console is Star Fox 64. I'm like, <gasps> finally, I can finally like live out my my childhood <laughs> dreams of playing Star Fox 64. This is gonna be amazing. And I jump in. Today's there. the day. I get. I I, and I understand the graphics are gonna be old. That's not the problem. Like that's all fine. I just played the game and then realized there weren't more levels. There there, there weren't many more levels besides that demo. <laughs> It was it was over in like I don't know an hour maybe an hour and a half. You'd already played the game. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was just so short and like nothing new really happened in it, and it was really repetitive. And like I I know it was one of the the early games of the sixty four, and it was just to show the tech and to show how the controller worked because you had the the analog controller. So I get why it's important. Just as far as like, man, was I underwhelmed? Do guys, <laughs> yeah. Do you guys remember when they made Star Fox into an RPG, and then there was that Blue Lady Fox? Yeah, I do. I actually like that game. Yeah, they, they favorite just, Star, yeah, Star Fox, Fox game. Adventures. They just made Star Fox into yeah. Zelda, and they I was did. like, let's do it. Uh, <laughs> underrated game. That is a very underrated game, the Star Fox Adventures. Fair. It's just straight up linked to the past. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that yeah. So Star Fox for me in that in that realm. Nice. Yeah, I uh, I completely understand that. The- yeah, I I remember my friend actually had that, and I remember walking in going, "This game looks terrible." Like, <laughs> and, and, and I know, like it looked yeah. at the time, it was supposed to look really good. But even for myself, I was just like, "No, I don't like these graphics. I and, don't, I don't, I don't like it." And it only got further hyped up because the other games that came out, Super Mario sixty four and and uh, Ocarina of Time, held up. And I didn't know at that time. Yeah. At that time, everyone was like, you know, Ocarina of Time, Mario 64, and Star Fox 64. Like, there wasn't, it was a different genre, but people still regarded it as like this great, you know, shooting game or flying game. And then I was like, oh no, this did not age well. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> Overrated. All right. Well, that was a, that was a really good topic. I, I actually enjoyed all of us had, uh, had different highs and lows. Indeed. Um, as they say. Indeed. Uh, so yeah, that'll do it for our money, money morsel, morsel tasty, tasty topic. topic. And that brings us to our dragon of the week. I do, I do, I do, I do. It's the dragon of the week. It's what you seek. It's the dragon of the week. So don't you freak. Dragon of the week. Dragon of the week. And dragon of the week is a chance for us to shine a little light, show a little love. To a video game creator or video game producer or you know, anybody who has anything remotely to do with video games. And uh, this week, we have Joe bringing it to us. That is right. This week, I would like to talk about Valkyrie, Rachel Hofsetter, who won Content Creator of the Year at the Game Awards. Oh, oh that's right. She did. Oh, nice. 
Yeah, I heard her name. I had no idea who she was. And we had just talked about J.N. Lopez a few days before, a few weeks beforehand. Mm -hmm. And I was really kind of like, oh, wow, like, I'm, I'm sure the competition was stiff. And I'd really love to know who they deemed as the person who, like, brought so much awesome gaming and joy to people as a content creator. So I did. I literally knew nothing about her. <laughs> and I spent about three days just doing research on her and how she kind of became the person she is. And I'm going to explain to you guys kind of what I found and how actually underwhelmed I was at first. Okay. And so you can, so you'll hear it. You, you, you're going to hear it in my voice. Okay. You're going to understand. Okay. Gotcha. So basically, she was born in January 8th, 1992 in Washington. Uh, she had a pretty rough home life. Her father was unfortunately an alcoholic. Her mom and her dad fought pretty much nightly. So her mom got her into video games early on for her and her sister so they could go do something in another room and have fun, live out some happy, you know, game going on, and then be cool and maybe not hear too much of what was going on in the other rooms. Yeah. So she says Bubble Bobble was her very first video game nice. and she fell in love with it. She had such a great time playing it with her sister. She got really into retro systems. Now, when she was a... Uh, teen, er, late teenager early in her 20s uh, she was working three separate jobs going to community college and trying to kind of carve out a piece of life for herself her father had gotten very ill he was he was diagnosed with a type of cancer that meant he was absolutely terminal it was only a matter of time so she was trying Aww. to do her best to try and get some sort of degree to be able to take care of her family one of those jobs that she got out of those three jobs was a GameStop job. okay so w where is this taking place again sorry where is this taking place this in? is in Washington Washington mm -hmm. okay so she gets this job at GameStop. She really loves it. She starts an Instagram because she's into retro systems. And she winds up amassing a pretty decent following. About 15,000 uh, people started following Dang. her on Instagram, oh. which was a lot early on. Very, oh, yeah. very. So a lot of them were telling her, hey, you need to go to Twitch. You need to start like doing things on Twitch. And she had no idea what it was, but she thought maybe I'll start a YouTube channel because I really kind of do want to share my, my love of video games and my love of retro consoles. And she was like, maybe I'll do YouTube, but I don't have time. I'm working three jobs. I've got community college. I've, I'm, you know, she's working towards her, her four year, you know, she's just no time and she doesn't know when she's going to find time to edit and, and do all those things. So finally, some of her, I guess enough of her followers were like, Twitch, Twitch, Twitch. She looked into it and she found that streaming would be a lot easier because she doesn't have to edit it down. She gets to do a live show and she gets to just have fun and just enjoy playing video games. And she, she was playing video games pretty much 24-7 anyway. It wasn't really going to disrupt her normal everyday life. So it sounds like uh, us, uh, when we, the reason why we're uh, yes. doing Twitch instead yes. of YouTube. Yep. For the love of the game. So, <laughs> while I was learning all these different things about her early life, and it, it is pretty sad how she had a lot of things to deal with, um, she decided for her Twitch name, uh, a lot of people, she says, think her name is Valky. They think her name is Ray Ray. They think her name is all these things. She's like, no, I just always wanted to be called Ray my entire life. I really liked that name. So I look, I went on Google and I looked up names that had the name Ray in it. And she goes, and then there was Valky Ray. And she's like, and that's what I stuck with. She goes, but most people spell it wrong anyway. They don't add an A at the end. They keep spelling it correctly with an E with an I. And she's like, it's not an I. It's Valky Ray with an A. <laughs> so she's, it's, it's pretty funny. So she starts a Twitch account. And from that Twitch account, I believe that was in 2015, 2014, somewhere around there, she did Twitch for a couple years and amassed a very large following of people watching her play. And all of this time, for these two or three years she's on Twitch, her father, she is the one taking care of her father. He wow. is dying of cancer. Aww. Her mother has to work. And it's just, it's very rough. Her sister's in school. They're, they're having, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty rough. About six months into being a Twitch uh, streamer, though, she ended up making enough to where she could quit one of her jobs. Another six wow. months later, she quit another one of her jobs. And by the time a year had passed, she was able to quit the third job at GameStop. And she was actually kind of sad about it because she really <laughs> liked it. She liked she loved video games and she really liked creating a community and content for people to kind of go and have a good time. So I did, couldn't understand while I was reading all these things. I was like, you know, I don't understand why does everybody love this chick? I don't get it. Like, I don't, I just don't understand. I, I hear her struggle. I just, it doesn't make sense to me. I, you know, why does everyone follow? So at this point, three days into doing some research, I decided I'm just going to watch one of her streams because I feel like I'm, I'm missing something. And boy, howdy was I. <laughs> you literally have to listen to this girl talk 
for a minute and you completely experience this genuine, kind, good person wow. who just wants the community to be better. She is such a, like a ball of energy and she talks in a way where it's so candid that, and she shares good days and bad days. Like she isn't, she doesn't seem like she's one of those people that just, you can only have a positive experience all the time with her. You're having positivity by working through issues. Okay. She had some, she's very, very public. Her entire life is out there. It is, it's kind of scary to me, but like, she thrives in it though owns it sounds like yes oh it, it, she's it's amazing once you hear her talk okay it really is just a like on paper none of this sounds that amazing but she continually donates to charities and she's very quiet about a lot of her good work that she does she donates hundreds of subs to different channels that she finds um so she so a little more so a little more into that she became one of the first exclusive streamers that youtube signed and it was on January 13th, 2020, she gave her Twitch life goodbye and said hello to being an exclusive streamer for YouTube. And it from there, it kind of just went insane. She has a motto with things where she's always telling people, if you're going to stream and you're going to have, you're going to do this, do not start it as your job. You need to make sure you like doing it as a hobby or like doing it in general because it's a lot of work. And if you don't care about your audience at all, it's going to show. Everyone's going to know you don't care and they're not going to want to deal. They're not going to want to interact with you. And she's like, I want people to understand that there are there are good things and bad things about all of the gaming community. She is a constant source of just positivity in, ev- in everything that she does. So the community followed her from Twitch over to YouTube. Her uh, her stardom kind of even exploded further. She went from Twitch where she had like, I think it was 750K subscribers on Twitch. And then within the first six weeks i think of being on youtube she was at a million followers oh my wow. goodness. Mm-hmm. so yeah she she and she was super happy about moving to, to youtube which actually caused her to get even more fans because people were like hey it's not cool you left twitch why and she did a whole video where she was like i didn't want to have to really explain this because i thought it was pretty self-evident but i needed to be able to make money and support my mom she lost her job three years ago my dad died of cancer two years ago and i really needed to be able to do something to make it so that my family didn't have to struggle yeah. and the stability that YouTube gave me made it so that I didn't have to worry about numbers or sub count or anything and she goes not that I don't appreciate everything that everyone has ever done for me she's like but I just wanted to be able to create content I wanted to create she goes I don't want to just make videos about gaming she's like I she goes I'm really into fitness and I really like yoga and I really like cooking and I want to kind of do all of these things and that was something that YouTube gave her it gave her the ability to put everything in one place so she didn't have to jump to three different platforms to kind of make everyone happy with a different channel or a different thing and she said it was really hard to be a variety streamer on Twitch but now, not so much. Her fan base, age-wise, got younger as well. She said she noticed that on Twitch, she was getting a lot of uh, DMs and a lot of children watching. And she goes, I thought it was a little rough for them to watch at night. She goes, I think it's better that I can do it on YouTube so that when they get off of school, they can just go watch my stream if they want to. Still enjoy it. Still leave comments. Still have fun with the community. Now, with her audience being younger, and she was really enjoying streaming and being able to kind of make a difference where she was... She was continually showing her real life in the public eye. She was also dating another Twitch streamer. And during during this dating part of it, she got signed as the very first female content creator for, th- for 100 Thieves. And it was a really big deal when they signed her because the... What is what is that? Okay, 100 Thieves is a um, game and esports org where they are a a very celebrated group of, pro- of professional gamers okay. that kind of, they put their dis- their stuff on display all the time. But it's it's I don't believe there's actually a hundred of them. <laughs> so I'm not it's, positive it's like about that. I don't. It's like a, it's a, a guild. Yes, it's a guild, but it's also like yeah, it's like a management company also. Oh, okay. So like uh, so if uh, so like they sign deals with games and stuff like that, where all of their members will stream a game or all of their members will do you know ah. some sort of sponsorship deal. Ah, that's so smart. it's one that's of those a types smart of idea. Well. Okay, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. So she's the first female in the club. Content creator. Correct. That's correct. Um, And they were very excited because they sought her out and basically kind of, it sounds like they gave her carte blanche into whatever she wanted to be able to sign with them and she could still work with YouTube and not have to be on Twitch because that was part of the deal with YouTube. So she was super excited about it. A lot of people know her as one of the people from offline TV and friends and they play Minecraft together. They play Among Us together. They play Fortnite. She exploded on Fortnite scene because she's actually very good at it. And she was able to play with a whole lot of big streamers. But one of the big things that happened uh, this year was when she played Among Us with AOC. Oh. Yeah, it, it, she she was oh. one of the seven other streamers that were doing that. And it was a really big deal. It was Twitch's third highest streaming streamed event ever. Ah, the the content of the year award is, 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 is has made more and more sense over this. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. I, like I minutes. said, I... I 
for for days I was like I don't understand like and, and I'm not saying I don't think she's great I just didn't understand yeah, what it no, was and it's a... because she went from zero to hero like right. for real <laughs> and and so she she really is honest about money with her fans she's honest about everything actually she went to, through two very public breakups and when her father passed away she did, did like a whole week of streams where she was very sad and people were like hey what's going on and then she would just do a just chatting where she was like hey I just need to explain something y'all are really bringing me through everything like the community here has really helped me and without you I don't think I would be able to work through a lot of the things I'm working through so if I seem bummed and I'm sad it's because I am and I'm trying to work through it but I still want to be part of the community because I don't ever want you to think that I don't appreciate how how much you have changed my life and how much you do for me. She says her fondest memories of conventions are TwitchCon 2017 because from 2016 to 2017, she really blew up Mm -hmm. and she didn't know what it meant to have people like run up to her and know who she was. And she goes, we did meet and greet. She goes, and I I was like, okay, cool. No one's going to care about coming and visiting me. Like, who the heck am I? And she goes, they had to cap off the line all three days. They, they, They had to tell people you couldn't meet me. And she goes, so next time when conventions are a thing again, she's like, I am absolutely making it so that my lines are forever long. I'm going to sit there all day and I'm going to meet every single person that is there to say hello to me. And she's like, she really is just an energy of good. And she wants people to recognize that she cares. She when one of the fun stories about her is at TwitchCon, if someone ran up to her and said her name and was like, oh my God, it's you. She would go, oh, cool. She would grab their badge and look at it. And she had to explain on stream because somebody was like, you're weird. There was videos of you doing it. She goes, no. She goes, I know so many people's names in chat that I wanted Aww. to see if it was someone I knew and I wanted to put a face to the name that I've known for years yeah. and I don't know what they look like. And she goes, and TwitchCon was the only place I was able to actually safely do that. And she she's an amazing person. Like, she really is. She had a lot of horrible things happen to her in her life and she had a lot of really great things happen in her life and she chooses to focus on the positive and that's one of her things that she tries to teach younger streamers and younger people is that she she's one of her quotes is um the ways that she combats the toxicity and negative behavior in the community is by teaming up with other female streamers and seeking out a more female audience particularly with Fortnite content she says that the harassment is never ending so you just can't take it personally she constantly says that if someone is giving you a hard time online it's just part of the it's part of the territory and it will go away you just have to know that that person it's not you it's always that person. Please don't ever think it's you. You have to be your own number one fan. You have to believe in yourself. And if you have a hard time with that, she says, then definitely leave this being a hobby. You don't want to do this full time. It's a very rough job if you cannot kind of like stay ahead of it. And you really shouldn't care about what the haters think and what there's always going to be someone who said, who doesn't like you. And she's like, I had to learn that early on. And she goes, and it really, it's hard for a lot of people, but that's why you need to make it your hobby. You need to be able to roll with the punches and be cool with it. She is really just kind of a, a, I couldn't believe how nice she was Mm -hmm. and how all the stories around her, everyone has nothing but nice things to say about her. I'm still surprised that it took me three days to just watch one of her streams because I just, Mm -hmm. I I was like beside myself, like, man, I, I just don't know why, what do I report about this? Like, it's just, she's really cool. Like, what is it? Like, what do you, like, and and you know what? That is what it is, guys. She's just a really cool person and just a wonderful, kind human being. Um, I would, I'll leave this with one of the quotes from her. She says, it's just amazing. Streaming is about way more than entertainment. I'm not a pro player, but I do a lot of talking and reacting, so people say it's just fun to watch. And it gives them hope that they can play better or feel better about the about what they're playing. And she really, really believes that. Her community has lifted her up and made her who she is today, and she never stopped giving back to it. She never stopped caring about it. And she continually shows, even to like an hour ago, they're doing a live stream right now about um, giving giving things away charity-wise. And she does charity streams all the time. She is a great person, and I really hope that her positivity stays in the community and that she helps just bring other people in, into nice. the fold, essentially. Oh, I forgot one of the biggest things she does. Uh, she created the Dream Squad. Her, Pokimane, uh, and like four other girl uh, Fortnite players, they went and did tournaments, and they won a couple oh, of right them, on. and they were trying to like show, like, hey, like girls can play this too, and you don't need to treat us like crap because we're like awesome players. And she's really kind about the way she plays. She's like, I'm pretty good at this. And it's like, no, you're a pro-level gamer. She's like, no, I'm pretty good at this. Anybody can do what I do. So she's... She's great, and I, I, again, I just really hope that she stays in the community for a very long time because yeah. I think it's a positive, wonderful, just voice to have out there in the ether. Oh yeah, especially this year, twenty twenty, absolutely needed a uh, a good a good voice out a, there, a good beacon of genuineness. Yes, agreed. So so glad. Thank good. you, well, Joe. Thank you, Joe, because I also had no idea about her. 
she is definitely not overrated. Yeah, I would say she is no. just no. as good as as <laughs> talked about. Just as cool. I was shocked. I, I'm still, I still now still kind of want to go watch a couple of the streams that were really big ones for her that yeah. she was involved Some in. Highlights so that I could or just something, hear, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, she's so fun. And her team of people around her, they're really fun. They sound like they just want to make everything better. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, cool. Well, thank you for that, Joe. Uh, unfortunately, that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Ba bum, ba bum. Ba bum, ba uh, but you can always find us online. Check us out on the interwebs. That's right. You can find us on twitch.tv backslash taste of dragons. As mentioned, we stream six nights a week, sometimes daytimes. But you can find that schedule for us on Instagram at taste of dragons. We have a link tree set up there. And we also run some ads and do some fun things throughout the week. So you can continue to, the conversation on Instagram at Taste of Dragons. But the fun doesn't stop there because we also have a Twitter account also at Taste of Dragons. And we like to focus our Twitter account on the indie community, highlighting and promoting the independent developers. Mandy, do you have an independent developer that you could tell us about for this week? Yes, the game that I want to talk about this week is Eldridge House. It's been something that I have been following on Twitter. It is going to come out in 2021, but it is definitely something that you're going to want to add to your watch list. It is a first-person narrative adventure which blends genres and is presented in a 3D comic book style. It has this really interesting cell shaded look to it and all of the characters are just beautifully designed. It seems to be like this horror game where you like investigate this mansion and it's from Spooky Doorway, one of our friends who made the Dark Side Detective. So check it out. That's right. And if you have any other questions about the Taste of Dragons, you can email us at tasteofdragons at gmail.com. Tasteofdragons at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you for any old reason anything really just let us know just add us yeah send us pictures of cats <laughs> we do like cats we do we do you know they're popular troy i don't know if you know this uh, but they're really popular we'll see i don't know uh, uh. seems like a fad yeah cats. we'll see how long it lasts Probably. what do the egyptians know <laughs> yeah i know right <laughs> but as always though my name is brian my name is troy i'm amanda and i'm joe and we are the, the taste, taste of, of dragons, dragons. <laughs> meow. have a great week everyone taste of dragons gaming podcast a podcast for everyone's day